we're going to go to the book of Zephaniah, the third chapter, and we're going to begin to read at verse 14 through verse 20. Oh, sing. How many know that God, he says, oh, sing. God takes great pleasure in singing. He takes great pleasure in us singing to him. All you people, clap your hands and do what? Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And sing. The people in India believe one of the greatest things you can do to get the presence of God is two things. It's to sing and speak his word. To sing. When I first got in the church, well-meaning saints told me, said, you can't sing in this land because the Bible says they hung their harp on a willow because it's in a foreign land. I'm telling you, we may be in a foreign land, but we're not citizens of this land. Amen? It's time to sing, whether you feel like it or not, and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. We're going to find out what the Lord is doing here in the book of Zephaniah. And uh, it says, Sing, O daughter of Zion, and do what? Shout, O Israel, be glad and rejoice with all the heart. O daughters of Jerusalem, the Lord hath taken away thy judgment. Brother Don, it was on my heart before he ever said that. We are not under no curse. No. People say, well, look what the devil done to us. He make us have to work. The devil didn't make you have to work. Jesus, God told Adam and Eve, you're going to have to work before the devil ever came along and done anything. You got to work. Cursed is the man that hang on a tree. Jesus was cursed for our sins. He hung on a tree. And when he got out of the grave, he took back everything that the devil had stolen from Adam and gave it to us. We're not under no curse. We're under liberty, freedom, and joy unspeakable and full of glory. When John Paul Jones' ship was going down, he lost his fleet in the war for America. They asked him to surrender. He said, I have not yet begun to fight. You ought to read the history about John Paul Jones. How many of you know it? we're not sinking? The ship's not going down, and we just now begun to fight. Amen? Kuna Hera, I believe, preached from this pulpit. He was in his 80s. His wife had died, and he'd taken her back to Georgia and Bearden. He went back to Brazil, said, I am not retiring. I am refiring. We do not be think about defeat and failures and shortcomings. We need to refire. Amen? Amen. You're not past. There's nobody so old that you can't be refired. There's no church so dead it can't be brought back to life. There's no person so far gone that God can't bring them back to life. Glory to God. We're going to title it. It's not through reading this, but joy in God's faithfulness. When you think about, I was thinking about as we was praying, the first Peter chapter 1 and verse 5 said, you're kept by the power of God through faith. In other words, he's not saying the power of God keeps you. 
If you hadn't got faith, the power of God can't do what? Keep you. You got to have faith to believe. Glory to God. You know Mary moved God ahead of time. He said, it's not yet my time. She said, you do what he says do. Say. She moved him. Her faith moved him ahead of time. It wasn't his time to do that. You get to thinking about the water turned to wine. It takes years to make good wine. I mean, years. I'm not no wine drinker, but I know when you go to the store sometime, you look at them bottle of wine, you look how many years of age it is. The older it is, the higher it is. She moved him before his time. How many believe this morning that you can move God before his time by faith? I'm amazed here lately as I read the Word of God and I've been marking in my Bible, especially in the New Testament, how many times it says by faith. By faith. By faith. The woman had a daughter that was possessed of the devil. She moved Christ before his time. She was a Gentile. He said, it's not right to take the children's bread and give it to you dogs. That's not right. That's not what I come for. But she fell down on her knees and worshiped and moved him before his time. And his heart melted because of her faith. He said, I've never seen so much great faith in all of my life. Amen. I'm through talking about how bad things are, so don't gather around me anymore and talk about how bad things are. I don't want to hear it no more. I want to hear what Jesus is doing. I'm not interested in what's happened in the past. I'm interested in what's going to happen today. This day is the day of the Lord. This is the day we ought to shout. This is the day you ought to get your hands together and clap your hands and make a joyful noise unto the Lord and sing unto the Lord. Sing, you old Zion, unto God. Don't look how bad it is. Look what God has done. What he's done for us. Well, not just what he's done, but what he's doing right now in the presence, our presence today. What he's doing. Praise God. I guess we better read the rest of this, hadn't we? Better read the rest of this. Glory to God. Wonderful Sunday school lesson. I enjoyed it very much. You know, Three million people told Caleb, we're grasshoppers and them giants down there. He said, that's all right. said, they're going to be meat to me. I mean, you know that every time you get a victory, it's meat to you. When David slew the lion, he knew he could kill the bear. When he killed, slew the bear and the lion, it was meat to him. He knew he could kill the Goliath. Every time you get the slightest little victory, it puts meat in your bones. I'm telling you, it makes you stronger. And that's why we ought to, glory to God, I'm going to slow down. Norman Vincent Peale said, if you ain't got a problem, get out on your knees and ask, Christ, ask God why is he mad at you and ask him to give you a problem. You cannot advance in the kingdom of God without problems. Problems is what exercises our faith with God. No problems, we don't have no what? Faith. It takes faith, problems to build our faith. He tells us here to sing. I was thinking about this this week so much. We used to have a choir. I sang to Leo Garrison by him. He told me one time, said, you sing so bad, so off-key, you're keeping me off-key. You get out on the other end so far away from me, I can't hear you, you can't see. Charlotte Hooker said, come down here and stand beside me. He said, it'd be all right. You, what I'm getting at, if you've if you got no excuse for can't singing. Melvin 
and Ed Parker and I was going to do a trio. We got Peggy around the piano at home, and she played for a while and looked at us and said, y'all are a hopeless case. We quit. We ruined our career right then. But I want you to know that God wants you to make melody in your hearts under God because he delivered you from the curse of the law. He, I'll come to this in a minute. He placed you in high places. Amen? He didn't just place you somewhere. He placed you in the high places with him. He blessed us. Glory to God. Where were we? Verse 16, is that where we were? The verse 15. Verse 15. The Lord hath taken away thy judgment. He has cast out thy enemy, the king of Israel. Even the Lord is in the midst of thee, and thou shalt not see evil anymore. Somebody ought to shout hallelujah. The Lord, he said, is in your midst. The Lord is inside here. You shall never see evil no more. Evil may be around you, but I guarantee you it's not going to get a hold of you. Amen? Evil has no right in our presence. The Bible said anybody that comes in the congregation of the righteous should be converted and convicted of their sins and turned into Christian. So much the power of God there. We have the power of God. Let's read on. I don't know how far we're going to get. In that day it shall be said to Jerusalem, Fear thou not, and design let not thy hands be what? Don't let your hands be slack. Be joyful. One person said one time, I can't think about heaven for thinking about hell. Well, stop thinking about hell. Just think about heaven and all the good things that God's doing for you. What he's already done. He's going to do, I may believe he's going to do something good for you today. He's already done something good for you today. Amen? Our Father used to say, anytime you get up, put both feet on the floor, you know it's going to be a good day. You know it's going to be a good day. Something good is going to happen in our lives. It is happening in our lives. It is happening in our lives. Let's read on. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is weak and unable to deliver. Is that what it says? The Lord thy God is in your midst is what? Greater is he that's in us than what? He that's in this world. We are more than what? Because of he's in our midst. He will save. He will rejoice over thee with joy. He will rest in his love. He will joy over thee with what? Singing. Another translation says he will rejoice over you with singing and dancing. He's just going to rejoice over you because with singing and dancing. When he looks at you, he's so glad that his blood has cleansed you from all your sins and made you free. He is so glad that his stripes has healed your body. He sings, he shouts, and he rejoices over you. As Ken pointed out in Nehemiah this morning, he said that even though he had all that opposition and all those enemies was against him, he had the trumpets with him and not one enemy jumped on him and hurt him. Because when God is with us, the devil cannot be against us. 
Amen. He tried, but he can't. Joy. How many of you, there's joy in, his, in knowing his faithfulness? There's joy in knowing his faithfulness. Okay. I will gather them that are sorrowful from the solemn assembly who are of thee to whom the reproach of it was a burden. Behold, at that time I will undo all the afflicted thee. I will save her that halt and gather her that was with driven out. I will get them with praises. I will get them with praise and fame in every land where they have been put to shame. At the time I will bring you again, even the time that I will gather you, I'll make your name, make you a name and a praise among the people, all the people of the earth. When I turn back your captives before your eyes, saith the Lord. The title of this is Joy in the Faithfulness of God. There's not one thing in this world that's faithful. Not one thing. You can't think of one thing that's faithful. It can fail you in a moment. We can leave this world in a twinkling of an eye. But God is faithful. He's faithful. David said these things, Psalm 139, 14. I will praise you. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made, and marvelous are thy works that my soul knows very well. He says, my soul knows very well. I'm fearfully and what? And wonderfully what? Made and marvelous. And marvelous. People say, well, you ought not to boast. I encourage you, and I may preach it for long, about David's boasting in the Lord. This Bible is full about people that boasted in the Lord. It's full of it. You don't boast in your own might, but you boast in the Lord and what he's done for us. I'm going to try to get away from doing that and say what he's done for us. It sounds like he's not doing anything. But I'm telling you, he's just alive today as he ever was. He's doing just as much today as he did 2,000 years ago. He's not diminished one bit. He's doing great and mighty things in our lives today. Rejoice in the Lord always. Do you know that God sings, shouts for joy, and dances over you? Another translation. Because he loves you so. God, how many believe that God loves you? How many of you really believe? Thank you, sugar. That, that's nice. That little girl there got that hand up quick. Man, just went that up. It's a childlike faith that God loves me. And I talk to some people sometimes, they say, well, I just hope he does. I say, there's no hope about it. There's no hope about it. You've got to be, know that God loves. The preacher asked the saint one time, said, how do you know that? She said, I know it in my knower. You know that God does what? Loves you. He loves you. He loves you so much he gave his son for us and redeemed us from the curse of the law. We're not under no curse we're free rejoice in the lord always do you know that god sings and shouts for joy and dances over you he loves you so much he loves you so much a beautiful word picture we see that the lord sings shouts for joy and dances over what he has redeemed 
we are redeemed people. You know, there's a lot of remodeling going on now in homes. You know, you see, I don't know the proper words they use for that, you know, renovating it, you know. How I many you know that God had not remodeled you? He's not rehabbed you. He's made you a new creature. You are a new creation. Old things are passed away. Everything in you is new except this body. And one of these days, it's going to be new. It's going to be new. The wonderful things of God. Hallelujah. Daniel loved music. I'm mean, not Daniel. David loved music. And David loved God. He was a man after God's own heart. He made music instruments. You find this in the Bible where he made music instruments. He made all kinds of music instruments. And he introduced them into the house of God. Where they could be used in the house of God where people could sing. Sing. David's music drove away evil spirits. Singing and worshiping and praising God in the spirit mind of God will drive away evil spirits. David played his harp and evil spirits left Saul. I don't know where you ever watched the program of Sid Roth. It's supernatural. He's a Jew. He's been converted to Christianity. Filled with the Holy Ghost. He's had several people on his program. One that could play a ram's horn. And that person stood up and began to play that ram's horn. Miraculous healing took place in the audience. People stood up and said, I'm healed. I just got healed. And he's had other people on that other type of instrument playing. And when they began to play, healing would take place. Because it's God's plan to heal and set free and deliver and set the captives free. And he does it through music. You know, God is not just tied to one thing. Oh, he, we'll be in bad shape if he just had one thing. But he, he's tied to all things are possible with what? God. The wonderful music that glows forth and plays. The glory. David, only man. He's the only man in the Old Testament. The only man that occupied three positions, king, priest, and prophet. And you find that when him and his men went into the house of God and ate the showbread that was only for who? The high priest. Jesus made mention of that when he ate the corn in the field and they criticized him. He says, have not you read where David and his men went into the holies of holies and read the, ate the showbread because he was a high priest he occupied that office. And another time when it zigzag, when they had stolen his family and burned everything he had, I encourage you, when you think things are so bad, take that Bible and get down in there and read some of the worst stories in the world. When your home was burned and it had no insurance to pay back a home and the family is all stolen, he didn't know where they were alive. And all your friends, Brother James Clayton, who stood with you, was picking up stones and stoning you. Oh, they was angry with you. The Bible said he borrowed a lentil ethob from the priest and put it on and entreated God and said, God, what must I do? God said, go after them. How I many you know that Jesus has went after the enemy and he's caught him and he's defeated him and he's set us free and he's given us the liberty and the victory that he's won? It belongs to us. 
Glory to God. And on the way, several hundred men got faint-hearted and had to stay behind. So David said, y'all stay here and leave them some water and leave them some wine. And glory to God. I'm not an advocate of drinking wine, but I tell you, the church needs a good drink of the holy wine of God. Can I be a little bold? The church needs to get drunk and weary on the Spirit and the power of God. That's what gives you joy. Without wine, you have no joy. But with wine, you have joy unspeakable. Like David said, by the Lord, I have run through troops and I've jumped over walls because the Lord was with me and nothing could be against me. He left that to him said, y'all stay here. We're coming back. How many like the boldness? The Bible said, come to the throne of God in time of boldness. Listen, he said, when we come back, glory to God, he's going to fight that enemy. He made a statement, hallelujah. When we come back, we're going to pick you up. And when they come back, those that fought the battle, Ken sort of touched on that this morning. There's people that envy you, despise you because you're prosperous, because you're trying to go ahead. And these men that won the battle, said, we're not giving these guys anything. They didn't fight in the battle. Nehemiah had that same problem. He had that same problem when they built the wall back and built it all back. People could begin to come, and they didn't want to give them anything. Nehemiah shook his apron against them and said, I shake this apron against you. They have as much right. Come on, come on, church. They, the ones that comes in in the 11th hour has got as much right as those that got in the first hour. David said, we're not going to treat them that way because they faint and couldn't go on. We're going to keep them, and we're going to bring them on, and they're going to have a share of this. This man of God that God used mightily in all those positions, glory in the highest, glory in the highest. Luke 2 and verse 12, Jesus laid in a manger. Laid in a manger, wrapped in clothes. Sheep around, the cattle around. Verse 13, and suddenly, and suddenly. How many know that something can happen suddenly? Just suddenly something happened, miraculous happened. Suddenly. There was angels, a multitude of the heavenly hosts, Praising God and singing. How many believe this? You're gathered around. I'll come to this again in a minute. There's angels gathered around you just like it was Jesus because you're the offsprings of Jesus. Jesus said in St. John 17, said, The Father and I will come and sup with you and be with you and we'll all be one. He has made us one with him. And all this heavenly host would gather around Jesus and singing. There's a heavenly host gathered around us singing. And the power of God that we get, we get it by faith from God. We believe and act. The angels is with us. Amen. I'm telling you, there's something. I feel so strong there's something about to break forth we ain't never seen before. I feel that in my spirit, praise God. Hallelujah. I'm not prophesying now. I'm just feeling this. Verse 14, they were saying, Glory to God in the highest on earth and peace, goodwill toward men. Didn't Jesus tell us in the prayer, pray as it is in heaven, do beware? Beware? In other words, if the heavenly host is singing in heavenly, 
They're singing where? Why are they singing over you and shouting over you and dancing over you? Because you're the sons and daughters of the king. You're the heavenly host. Church, I believe if we'll ever get a hold of what God has done for us and what God is doing to us, I tell you, we'll be transformed like we've never been transformed before. We'll be transformed. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm excited about God. I'm excited about God. Rejoice in the Lord. Jesus is today alive. Just Linda mentioned when tonight he was in the tomb, but yet he was, I think you said he yet he wasn't dead, was he? He said, I was dead, but now I'm what? I'm alive and I'm what? I'm alive for how long? Forevermore. Isaiah 52 said his body was so mangled you could not recognize him as a human being. You could not recognize him, how bad they beat him. But when he stepped out of that grave and he stood there, when they rolled that stone away, the angels rolled that stone away and he stepped out of there, Martha was standing there and said, have you seen Jesus? She thought he was a gardener. She did not reckon, oh, hallelujah. The Bible said in Joseph's brothers saw Joseph, but they didn't know Joseph, but Joseph knew them. There's people that are looking toward Jesus, but they don't know Jesus. They don't know that he's come out of the grave and bring eternal life, to bring glory and power and grace and mercy and truth in our life like never humanity has known before. Martha saw him, but she didn't know him. He looked like a gardener. She said, have you seen Jesus? Hallelujah. I know it hadn't happened to me, but I've read and heard other people say, well, Jesus appeared to them. John Hagee said Jesus appeared to him. You've been watching him. He went to pray for this person in the hospital, and the Lord told him, he said, no need to go. And said, I can't heal him. And when he got there, he told the man, said, I've come to heal you. And Jesus appeared in the hospital room, appeared in the hospital room, and said, come to me and I'll heal you. And the man got down on the floor and cried and said, I'm not worthy. I'm too unworthy to come to you. Jesus said, I told you I couldn't heal him. Whoop, went away. He said, I don't know where I believe that. You probably don't believe you're going to be resurrected then. Go, bloop, you're going to be gone. Bloop, you're going to be chained in the twinkling of an eye. If you're alive, this old body's going to fall away like that, and a new one's going to take place. I don't want to just read what happened in that Bible. I want to see it happening now. Now. I'll be 83 years old. And I'll soon, well, I won't, I started to say I'll be soon as old as Brother Melvin, but I guess I will. I'll be old as he is, like in a few months. And, and uh, well, I don't forget what day it is, 21st. But, anyway. but I want to see something happen for God. If he did it then, he'll do it now. But there has got to be a, Romans 12 and 2 said you've got to be a transforming of the mind. The mind's got to be changed for the things of God, for the blessings of God to come into us abundantly. Glory to God. Rejoice in the Lord always. Do you know that God sings and shouts with joy and dances over you? Because he loves you so much. He loves you so much. Hebrews 12, 22. You have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an unknowable company of angels. They're not talking about heaven. 
He's talking about when you born again. You're not to come to the mountain that Moses went up, fire and smoke and trembling, anything touched that mountain, died. He's not talking about it. He said, you're not come to that kind of mountain. You come to a new mountain. You come to the city of God. And I believe we're going to have a wonderful time when we get over yonder. But I believe we ought to be having a wonderful time right here. We are the light of the world, and we are the salt of the earth, and the church is a light that's set on this hill is the trauma center of the world. And the four gospels said they come from around the world to see Jesus. It's still happening today. You can read where people are coming from everywhere, finding Christ. The city of God, where God himself sings and shouts for your joy. I'm shouting with joy because he loves you. You come into the city of the heavenly kingdom, of the blessings of God. St. Augustine has a book about that thick, about 8 by 11. He come on the scene about 300 A.D. What an awesome thing of the city of God. It's heavenly host. Heavenly host is gathered around us, singing and blessing us. Unnumerable court angels. What's going on in heaven? Somebody tell me what's going on in heaven with the angels. What are they doing? How many know there's only going to be 30 minutes of silence in heaven? And the rest of the time, it's a little controversy what that 30 minutes is. Some believe it's to give reference, silence. For the slain Christ. And the rest of the time throughout eternity is going to be what? Singing and worshiping and praising God. I've had people tell me, so, oh, I can't wait to get to heaven. I'm going to go fishing in one of those rivers. Well, you're not going to fish in no river. My goodness, why would you want to waste your time go fishing in a river and hurt that fish? Oh, I'm telling you, you come into a city where the Lord is the light. He comes into our hearts and lives there because he's the light of the world. Ken said somebody, the Lord put somebody on his heart just this week. It's wonderful when God puts somebody on your heart and start praying for them every day and call their name. It's going to be a tragedy to miss heaven. You're talking about a tragedy. That's going to be one of the biggest tragedies in the world, to miss heaven. We don't want to miss heaven. Ephesians 2 and 6. Well, let's back up a little bit. <clears throat> I'm not going to read all these scriptures, but I'm just going to give you a part of them. The heavenly Jerusalem. You find this in Revelation 21, verse 1 through 3. In verse 10, you find it also in Revelation 22 and 27 and 22, 1 and 5. Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. He shall dwell with them. Where does God dwell? Not in this building. He's not in here. He's in us. He's in us. It took Solomon and all the people seven years to build a magnificent tabernacle for God. It took him seven years. It took eight days to prepare the sacrifice, killing of the lambs. Eight days. Can you imagine? 
just hundreds of thousands of lambs preparing. And as soon as they got it prepared, and Solomon prayed a prayer, when he finished the prayer, the presence of the Lord filled that tabernacle so full the priest couldn't even enter therein. That's a symbol of what God did with Jesus Christ. He was the sacrifice, making preparation for us for his spirit could come in and live in us where no evil could come in there and minister to us. Nothing but the power of God in our life. Listen to Ephesians 2 and 6. Have raised us up together to make us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. When he raised us up out of the dunghill, he didn't just set us down anywhere. He set us in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That he lives inside of us. And he keeps watch over our lives. We sit in living in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Rejoice in God always. Do you know that God sings and shouts and joy and dances over you because he loves you? We are a spiritual house. Deliver them from the powers of darkness. Psalms 91 and 7 says, God gives a promise to those who dwell in the secret places of the Most High. And that secret place is Christ Jesus. St. John 15 and 7 said, If the word abides in us, or we abide in the Word, that means well, we got to abide in Him first. Then if He abides in us, we can ask anything He'll what? Do it. Where is the secret place that Psalm's talking about? Is Christ. You dwell in Christ. You live in Christ. He lives inside of us. Listen to the promise He gives. A thousand shall fall at thy side. And 10,000 shall fall at your right side. But it shall not do what? Come where? To your house. But the first thing, you're going to have to abide. How many of you wish the Bible didn't have ifs and buts? Deuteronomy 28 starts off with buts. If you do this. You keep all my commandments diligently. I will allow none of the disease come on you that come on Egypt. The first has got to be abiding, him abiding in us, diligently seeking him, and diligently walking with him when you don't feel like walking. You have to walk by faith. It just has to live by faith. David said in Psalms 81 and 10, we're going to close. I open my mouth with a mighty decree. God will fill it now. He says, I open my mouth with a mighty decree. God will fill it when? Now. You talk about boasting when he went against Goliath. What did he say? 
he was boasting. I come against you in the name of the Lord. This day, he will do what? The Lord will deliver you into my hand. This day, he's going to deliver you in my hand. His faith was in God. His faith was not in a slang and a rock. It was in God. Listen to this again before we read all of it. I opened my mouth with a mighty decree. God will feel it now. And you will see it. That's sort of way he talked to Goliath. And all of Israel saw it when he talked to Goliath. The word that I speak, so shall it be. His confidence, his faith in God. He would speak the things of God. Praise God. I want to remind you to pray for the harvest. I hope you've been praying every day this week for a harvest. For a harvest of souls. I want to encourage you. When you give your offering, don't just put it in the offering plate. Okay? You hold that thing in your hand and you pray over it. The Bible says, remind me of my covenant. What is the covenant of God when you pray tithes and offerings? What is the covenant God said? I will open the windows of heaven. And I will pour you out blessings you're not able to receive. I want you to pray over it. We pray over it here, but you need to pray over it. I went around those boxes this morning and anointed them with oil. Anoint my envelope before I put it in there and pray over it. I said, now, God, here's my tithes and here's my offering. I'm looking for windows to be opened. I'm looking for something to flood and come in my life. Look and expect something to happen. Expect something to happen. Something good is going to happen. The Bible said, open your mouth wide and I'll do what? I'll fill it. You're kept by the power of God, how? Through faith. Paul says, I believe and I speak. He copied that from David. David said, I believe I will speak. And every word. I wondered about the prophets of old, especially Samuel. How God so mightily used them people. And I believe God wants to use us today as mightily as he used them. Samuel heard from God as a child. Nobody else was hearing. And the Bible said every word that he spoke came true. Came true. He started the schools of the prophets. I don't know why God didn't go pick somebody out of the schools of the prophets to replace Elijah, but he went down and got a man plowing in the field. And the schools of prophets followed along. I don't know why God would pick some of you and use you so mightily. Why don't you just right now start expecting God to use all of us in a mighty way for his name's sake, for his glory, and for his honor. I believe at every church service there ought to be 
signs, miracles, and wonders. 1 Corinthians 12. Saints be filled with the gift of healing, working of miracles, the gift of faith, discernment of spirits, prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues. Also, it says in Ephesians, there be apostles and prophets, evangelists and pastors in the church to build up the ministry of the saints. Be a spiritual church. And I know what some people say when I talk to them. Well, if that happens every day, every church, so you'd get used to it. Well, I, I don't believe that. I, I want more of it. Amen? Come on now. Moses received up into heaven for 40 days and 40 nights. He saw things that nobody, probably a normal person, ever going to see, but he cried for more. He cried. For more. There ought to be a cry in our lives. I don't care how close we are with God. We ought to be a cry in our life for more. I want more. Paul received up in the third heavens. He was three years in the Abram Desert, all alone, just all alone. But he cried for more. I want more. So open your mouth, speak, tell God you want to see. You might want to be a prophet, apostle, prophet, evangelist, a pastor, a teacher. Let these things happen in the body of Christ. Glory to God. So don't remember. Pray for the harvest of souls. We'll never know who's, who, who's going to be harvested. So God bless you for being here today. Could we pray together? Our Heavenly Father, we come before you and we thank you for what you are. What you led us to, Lord, in the heavenly places. We thank you for where we live is in heavenly places. We thank you for your glory and grace that floods through our souls. We thank you, God, that the Spirit of God is flooding through us like rivers, God. And we are the light of the world and the salt of the earth, God. We thank you for what you're doing today. We bless your name. We thank you for the songs and the praises and the dances you're doing over us. Because you love us. We thank you in the holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you for being here today.